time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life. We got any revivalists in the house? Amen. Good, 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 good. Uh, let's do this. Let's just, let's just raise our hands and let's just open up in prayer. Father, we love you tonight. God, we thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for your presence. We thank you for the young men and women that gave their life to Jesus tonight. God, we ask for thousands more. God, we, we're so grateful for five or six or seven, but we ask for a thousand, God. I ask, Lord Jesus, in the years to come, for thousands upon thousands. We love you and we honor you. And everyone said amen. 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 Uh, uh, Pastor Brandon got a text this week. I want to show it to you. And so uh, it's, it's from Victor Mendoza. How many of you know Victor? Victor, stand to your feet. Where's Victor? All right, there's my boy, Victor. All right. And so... Sean Shep, if you can throw that up here. This is, this is a text that, uh, that Victor sent this week. It's coming, I think. All right, Victor, come on up here real quick, buddy. Come on. All right, just real quickly, we're in this revivalist series. You sent a text message to Brandon. Tell us what it said and tell us, just give us... 30 seconds on what was in your heart and why you sent it. Wow, that was a week ago. So um, basically, I was just giving uh, Pastor Brandon and uh, AJ Archuleta just an update on what's been going on in TCA East. Um, uh, Myself and a girl named Micah Radakovich, we started, yeah, (laughs) Um, we started a prayer group at TCA East because we just really felt a strong need of like revival in that school because we felt like um, it, there was just so much silence in that school. And, like, we had lots of people that wanted to pray, like, that wanted to make a difference, but were, like, too scared to, like, start something, to, like, really start, like, a movement. So we decided to take a step up and make um, a prayer group. Um, so it's every Thursday. So anyone who goes to TCA East, um, it's Thursdays um, from 1145 to 12:10. You have a big hand for Victor. Go ahead and hand think if there's anything that I dream about, it's, it's more of that. It's you guys going on to your campuses and starting prayer meetings, leading your friends to Jesus, crying out, asking God to move on behalf of your junior high, middle school, high school campus. And so as we bring this revival series to a conclusion tonight, we're actually going to spend time on our face in prayer, just praying for revival and my talk tonight is just about praying for revival. I was with some, uh, we took a group of college kids a number of years ago to India. And we went and our goal and our aim was to help build the local church in the city of New, New Delhi. And so we would go to local congregation after local congregation. And, and there, so there was probably about 25 of us. And most of the time we would, we would go, we would be a big group for these churches. You know, most of them were fairly small and. And some of them were really thriving and others were not thriving. And they were so excited to have us come. And we'd come and we'd do dramas and, you know, do all the kind of the music and drama and teaching and all that kind of stuff. And most of it was, was really exciting. It was, it was really good. But the last day that we were there, we went to one of the house churches and it looked totally different than the rest. The others, when we would come, we'd be about half of the community. So we had about 25 kids in our group. And when we'd show up, we would be about half of the people represented. But... On the very last day we went, and there was about five or six hundred people at this particular church. But the intriguing thing is that it wasn't in a building, it was in a home. 
It wasn't led by a professional pastor. It was led by a 25-year-old girl. It wasn't filled with, with normal families. It was filled with all children. And it was five to 600 children. And they were gathered around like an old school 1986 boombox with a tape player. And they would sing worship music to God. And it was filled with life. And so as we went there, I mean, it was super hot while we were there. It was probably about 100 degrees. And we went and we did our dramas. We're covered in sweat. And uh, the guy who played the devil was really covered in sweat because he had the biggest, fattest outfit. And, 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 and I was amazed at the, not just the uniqueness of the fact that the numbers were bigger and not just the uniqueness that the pastor was an untraditional pastor. It was a 25-year-old girl that had come from the university and just started ministering to young people. But I was intrigued by the level of passion, the fervor. And these kids would worship God. I'm talking 11-year-olds and 12-year-olds, 10-year-olds. And it was, it, was, it was kind of like, it was almost like it felt like a group of fifth and sixth graders, but it was far bigger than any other church that we could, we'd been to. It, it blew them away. And I was just baffled by it. We probably did church for three or four hours, all afternoon. It was a Saturday afternoon. And so at the conclusion, I asked if I could meet with the pastor. And the pastor was this 25-year-old girl. And I began to ask her questions. And I just said, so tell me. we've gone to church after church and many of them look fairly familiar and they're struggling to have a handful of people and here you have so many and they're all young and they're vibrant and they're pursuing God and there's life. I said, "What, what makes this church of mostly 10 year olds and 11 year olds and 12 year olds, what makes this so unique in the city? What makes this so different? And she began to unpack for me. She said, well, God began to put a burden on my heart to reach the young people of this city. And she said, I started ministering to them and to no avail. It was not effective. So I went and I tried to practice what I had learned at a a church while I was in university. And I tried to do their methodology and and it didn't work. No one would come. She said, so I went to another church and I tried to do what they did with children's ministry and, and no one would come. And she said, I was just ended up, I ended up just desperate. And she said, so I, honestly, she said, I was broke. She said, I didn't have enough money to survive the winter. And she said, as a last resort, I just began to pray and fast and cry out to God. And for 40 days, I just prayed, God, work in the children in this neighborhood. And she said, I went to prayer. She said, I stopped doing all the other methods of what other churches were doing. I just started to pray. And she said, after 40 days of praying, I opened up the doors and she said, I could not keep the children away. She said, they just began to show up. And she said, I don't know how to explain the method. She said, I guess my only method I could explain to you is that when we pray, God works. And I I tell you that story tonight because it moved me. It was powerful. In fact, out of my whole, I think I spent three weeks in India and out of my whole time there, that was the most powerful story that I experienced. And when I think about each one of you guys, That story is very similar to what we dream about you doing on your campus. It's not a traditional church. It's led by a young person that's desperate. It's not built on a methodology. It's not that we're trying to say, hey, do these seven steps and it'll be powerful. But out of a place of desperation, out of a place of your brokenness, God, I want these kids the same way that she wanted the kids in her neighborhood. You want these kids in your junior high, in your middle school, in your high school to know Jesus. That in brokenness, you just go, 
I guess all we can do is just cry out to God and just pray, God, have your way. And so as we pray for you, our prayer is that young revivalists would raise up in DSM. And I know when we say that, some of you, you get a picture of, you know, you, you think of lots of different things, but the truth is, is that who knows what God could do, not just in your high school and your junior high, but for years to come. One day, all of you are going to be a grown-up. I know that's hard to imagine. But one day, and you've got years and years and years ahead of you. Who knows what God will do through you? When you look at revival history, do you know that historically, there's two characteristics that seem to almost be woven through revivals all throughout church history? Two characteristics that I see. The first one is prayer. The second one is young people. Do you know that historically, revivals are almost always begun by young people praying? Do you know that those two things coupled together seem to be the common thread? So when God decides that he wants to revive his church, historically, we look to God using the prayers of young people to do it. So I just think about where we're at in our season of history, living in 2012, young people gathering. We've got a furnace prayer room where we've got people praying all the time. We've got a world prayer center. We've got prayer meetings happening on campuses. We've got prayer starting and who knows what God will do if we will be a people that begin prayer meetings all over the city. Who knows what God will do? You don't know. I don't know. It could be far greater than what you're thinking. It could be far greater than what I'm thinking. Who knows what God will do? Historically, two variables in the equation of revival. Young people and prayer. Young people and prayer. One of my heroes is a guy named Evan Roberts, and he, he, he's the one who started the Welsh Revival. The Welsh Revival happened in 1904, and it's been, one of, it's been a revival that then impacted America. I don't know if you've heard of the Azusa Street Revival that took place in 1906, but it, it, it was impacted by the 1904 revival that began with Evan Roberts. And you can look at even what took place in 1906. And then you can look at what happened this now just over 100 years ago. And you can look at the last 100 years of different movements of God. And a lot of it was impacted by this young guy named Evan Roberts in his 20s going to college. And he went to his professor and he said, I don't know how to explain this. But I feel like I'm supposed to go back to my local church in Wales And I'm supposed to speak to the young people and call them to pray with me. So the Welsh Revival is famous for Evan Roberts, a 20-something, going back to his local church, gathering the young people, talking about how awesome God is, and calling them to pray. Young people in a rural church, a small town, began to pray in Wales. And over the course of the next years, 100 thousand people in Wales came to Jesus. And it began with young people praying. It began with one twenty something that said, I am going to forego some of the things I could easily be take party with, hang out with, pursue education, and I'm going to pray with the teenagers, the young people in my local church. If you look historically all throughout even the last 100 years, even the things that God's done powerfully in the last 100 years, Over and over again, there's two variables. One, prayer. Two, young people. And usually it's one young man or one young woman that takes the responsibility that says, 
As for me, I'm going to be a man of prayer. I'm going to be a woman of prayer, and I'm going to lead the people around me in the place of prayer. Another one that I love is Yale, at Yale University in 1905, there was, began to be a move of God, and one-fourth of every single student on campus at Yale University was a part of daily prayer meetings. Imagine that. And if you kind of look at even what took place in the early 1900s and the moves of God that took place, that took, it took place on university campuses with young people in prayer. It's historic. It's powerful. Today, one of the most dynamic ministries in the whole world is called Campus Crusade. The ministry is now probably, I would guess, around 50 years old, maybe a little bit older. Most of you have probably heard of it. But of course, Campus Crusade today is established. It's, it's kind of a big ministry, millions and millions of dollars, thousands and thousands of people. But do you know where it began? It began with a guy named Bill Bright gathering young people, college kids, to pray at UCLA in Los Angeles. Night and day, round the clock, 24-hour prayer vigil, crying out to God. Young people plus prayer equals moves of God that impact the planet. If you look at YWAM, today YWAM is the largest short-term mission-sending organization on the planet. They send thousands of people all over the world. And today it seems like this gargantuan beast, this huge ministry that God is using with millions of dollars. Thousands of people. But do you know it began with a guy named Lauren Cunningham who began to take teenagers away for days on end of just praying and fasting and crying out to God for the nations and saying, God, give us a strategy of how we could reach the nations. Young people plus prayer equals a move of God. You can look over and over and over again. InterVarsity, it's one of the largest missions organizations today. InterVarsity began with prayer meetings taking place at Cambridge University. That's where it began. Youth for Christ. Today, most of us have heard of Youth for Christ. It's on campuses all over, the, all over the world. Began with a guy named Billy Graham calling teenagers to pray. It was said of Billy Graham that he and his friends would preach all day, but they'd pray all night. Because they were so desperate for God to move. They were desperate for God to work in their generation. Colorado Springs is the headquarters for a large ministry called Navigators. And today when we think of Navigators, we think of publishing. We think of Glen Erie. We think of, you know, we think of kind of a huge ministry that's impacted the world. But do you know it began with Dawson Troutman? Just a regular guy that took teenagers away to, guess what I'm going to say? What's the word I'm going to say? Pray. Pray. Dawson Troutman taking kids away to pray. Operation Mobilization, it's another gargantuan ministry. It began at Moody Bible Institute with college kids downtown Chicago praying, God, have your way. Do you believe me? Historically, when you look at moves of God, things that impacted the planet, they began in the place of a young man, a young woman, or multiple young men and young, uh, young women gathering together for the purpose of prayer, to cry out to God. And we see this all through the scriptures. We see a, 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 an emphasis on prayer. You're familiar with it. I say it like a broken record, and I'm going to say it like a broken record tonight. Matthew 7, 7, Jesus says, Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone that asks receives, and all who knock, the door will be open. 
and he who seeks finds. And when you hear that, I want you to hear something. I want you to hear a promise. It's not like we're going to ask in vain. We might not see the fruition of a prayer coming the way that we want, but we will see God work. When we ask, God hears, God answers, and God is at work. Whether we like it or not, Charles Spurgeon, the great British preacher said, whether we like it or not, asking is the way of the kingdom. Jesus said, ask and you will receive. Just take that. Take that in faith. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door's gonna be open. That's why I love the six o'clock prayer meeting where young people are gathering to pray and we're, we're crying out for schools. We have no idea. We have no idea what's taking place, but we're gonna just keep believing. And in faith, knowing that when we ask, God's at work. When we seek, God's at work. When we knock, God's at work. Of course, historically, one of the great verses of the church that we've been using for revival for years and years and years is from 2 Chronicles 7.14. You probably have this memorized. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and... Let's try that again. Will humble themselves and... And turn from their wicked ways. Then will I heal from heaven, hear from heaven, heal their land. If, but it's a big if. If my people. It's not a, if my people just do church for 20 years and do lots of potlucks, pop a lot of balloons with their butts, eat a lot of pizza. If they'll go on lots of trips, have a lot of services, paint a lot of boards. No, it's if my people... It's a big if. It's not if we'll do life as you. If my people who are called by my name, that's us, will humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways. Pray. Cry out to God. God, we need you more than anything else. Then will I hear from heaven. Forgive their sin and heal their land. I'll be at work. God wants to work in your school. Do you know that? Do you know that it's not like if you just kind of do a certain thing and if you kind of, you know, perform for God then he'll do something in your school. God longs. Isaiah 30, 18 says that he longs to be gracious to you. He wants to do a work in your school. But he wants to partner with you. He wants a partnership. He wants someone that contends in prayer, someone that's gonna lead, someone that's gonna be a light right there on the campus. He wants you. I love even... Jesus comes, Jesus dies, Jesus raises from the dead, Jesus ascends into heaven. Jesus then looks at his disciples and says, go into all the world. The disciples go into the world. Then the great moment called Pentecost happens, Acts chapter two, and boom, the Holy Spirit comes in power. And then the church goes out and the church starts to gather. And when the church starts to gather in Acts four, we find a verse that's powerful. Acts four, speaking of the church, it says this, and when they had, what's that word right there? And when they had, prayed. Let's, let's try that again. And when they had, prayed. and when they had, prayed. one more time, and when they had, prayed. the place where they had gathered together was, what's that word? Woo-hoo, say it again. Shaking. Say it again. Shaking. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and, to speak, and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Let me tell you something. Acts 431 is the secret to the junior high and high school campus prayer meeting. And when they had prayed, 
the place where they were meeting was shaken and they began to speak the word of God with boldness. Here's what happens. When you walk out of a prayer meeting, when you encounter God, when, I mean, right there, filled with the Holy Spirit, they encountered the Holy Spirit and they left filled with boldness. They began to speak the word of God boldly. The reason why we don't see moves of God on campuses is because we have no boldness. We have no revivalists. We allow the culture to dictate how we live rather than invading them with the boldness of Jesus Christ. But if you start to rally young men and women to pray on your campus, you'll experience, the, the, you'll experience God on a Monday morning, on a Tuesday morning, on a Wednesday morning, on a Thursday morning, on a Friday morning. Be filled with the Holy Spirit and you will walk out of that classroom, out of that cafeteria, out of that gymnasium, wherever it is, the flagpole, freezing to death, whatever. You will leave with boldness. Boldness that you will not possess as powerfully as if you have a band of people that you're united in vision and you've cried out to God and you've prayed. Whenever there's prayer, out the overflow of prayer is boldness. It's confidence. It's God. It's a high view of God and a low view of us. High view of God, low view of us. When there's no prayer, it's a high view of us and a low view of God. The secret to revival is when a whole group of people, a church, a high school, a, ju- a junior high, begin to get a high view of God. Wow, he is who he says he is. And what he said he would do, he will do. Therefore, I better be obedient to God. Here's the deal. When you pray with peers on campus, and you start to pray together, you will leave that circle of friends filled with the Holy Spirit with a greater degree of boldness. I remember in junior high and high school, I went to a public junior high, I went to public high school, we would meet every morning to pray. And when there was young men and women praying, crying out to God, we would leave and go to our first hour filled with boldness. I mean, it was powerful. It was a move of God. It wasn't about us. It was about God's activity. But here's the thing. Every time that you want to partner with God, God always says, you do your part and I'll do my part. John just said it a minute ago in regard to what we're trying to do in the city. He said, we as a staff, we'll do our part. We'll set this up. We'll, do, we'll make the banners. We'll put all this. We'll make this stuff happen. And you do your part. Bring your friends. It's a partnership. Well, in the same way, it's a partnership when it comes to fulfilling God's plan for your high school. God says, I'm not going to do your part. And you can't do my part. But he says, I want you to gather the people. Unite in the place of prayer. Bow your knee and cry out. If my people who are called by my name, that's you, will humble themselves and pray. God, God, everybody feels, thinks that the band and the football game and the, the, the testing that's taking place and the, all these, that's the big deal and you're a small deal. But as for me and this group of people, we say those things are small and you're big. We're going to put you first. And when you start to go there, God goes, I can reward that. It's a partnership. I want to use my people. All throughout the Old Testament, all throughout the New Testament, you find God using people. God saying, I want to work, but I want to use willing hearts, 
willing people. We need willing people. Stefan, Candace, John, me, we can't do this. A revival's not going to take place from four youth pastors, you know, saying, what's up? You know, what do we do now? Let's make a video. That won't work. Well, let's, 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 let's make a t-shirt. That won't work. Let's build a huge rhino. Uh, I don't know. I, it, like, it's, it's, it, you know how it's going to happen? It's going to happen through you. It's going to happen through you going out, crying out to God. If you'll build these campus prayer meetings, I know I'm not talking about this theoretically. I want you to know, guys, and I know, I, I, don't, I want you to feel guilty about this, but I know it because I've seen it. I've watched it. I've seen kids get saved in droves that were so far from God. I've watched it. I've watched kids that were total drunkards look and see a band of kids praying and say, what is with you guys? And make fun for two years and then finally break and say, can I come? I've watched it. I know kids by name. I've seen it. It's not a theory. It's, it's, if you'll be obedient to the scriptures, God will do his part. God always does his part. And even if you don't see some historic revival, you've been obedient to God and you pass it down to the next generation of young people. I, I'll never forget I'll never forget. I told, told this story before, but I want you to feel this. I was sitting up here at It's a Grinding Monument two years ago. I was sitting up there, drinking a cup of coffee, got my, inter- got, you know, got my Mac connected to the internet. I'm sitting there, I'm working on a sermon, and suddenly it goes, bloop, a little email pops up. And I see it, and I had to, I had to read it twice. Because it was the name of the teacher where we used to have our prayer meeting when I was in junior high. And he found me online. And he emails me. He says, David, I haven't talked to him. I know this is really, because this is going to tell you how old I am. I don't know if I want to say it. I'll say it. I, I led prayer meetings there in 1990. 1990, I'm old. I know I'm almost dead. I got a foot in the grave, but John's older. But, <laughs> all right. <clears throat> Listen, I'm talking, can you do the math? It was, it was 18 years. This is David. Hey, I just want to. I just want to. I just want to sh- send you this email because I know you've been out of junior high for a long time. <laughs> but I just want you to know, I just retired. I'm just. Reti- I'm retiring this year, and I just wanted to let you know that we've had prayer meetings every morning in my classroom since you started it in 1990, and I just wanted to say thank you because I've seen kids get saved. I've seen kids get set free, and I've watched it happen. Hey, let me tell you this. I, I, I hadn't been there in 18 years. But God was faithful to the prayers of some goofy little kids that barely had even hit puberty. Actually, I hadn't hit puberty until I was like 20. Like, it, God, and God was faithful. You may not see that revival, you might, but you'll be faithful to God, and God will do it. And in his, in his timing... He'll be at work. You know, Amy, Amy, Amy um, Perkins, she married my brother. She, she, she used to be Amy Mayer. She was a high school girl in Texas that led prayer meetings, cried out to God. She came to me her senior year. She was here at the conference. And she said, I just, I just, I'm about to graduate. And there was this brokenness. There was like, what's God going to do? And I looked at her and said, who knows what God will do? You got something started? 
It's going to continue for years to come. Make sure that you hand it off to somebody. And she did. God's, God, God will still use it. God still use it. You, don't, you cannot measure impact. God measures impact. You be faithful in obedience. You be faithful. Your name may never be in a revival history book. Who cares? This isn't about you being able to blog about your successes. This is about us saying, God, we're so desperate for our school. We want to cry out to God. We want to see a move of God. God, we want to be your people called by your name, filled with humility, crying out in prayer, filled with the Holy Spirit, consumed with boldness, and heal TCA. And heal my school. Work. Be at work. Do a miracle. Tonight, I'm asking for some leaders. This is not, tonight, it's not an everybody respond moment. I want to have kind of a, kind of a cold moment, but a commitment moment. There are some of you that you're, you're, your heart is alive right now, and you know at your core, this is you. You're called to be a revivalist. When I say revivalist, what I mean is you are going to call your generation to Jesus, and it starts now. I believe that every time, I, be, I, I, I believe this, I believe that every time I was a ninth grade kid leading a goofy little prayer meeting, I believe God was going, I like that kid. I like that little guy. He's really small, but I like him. I, I, I'm going to bless him. I believe if you'll be faithful in these years and you'll step out of your comfort zone, I believe God will look at that and he'll go, I'm gonna bless that. I'm, I'm gonna use you, bud. I'm gonna use you, seventh grader. I'm gonna use you. I believe these are some beautiful years for you to be faithful to God and say, God, I'm going to seek you from the days of my youth. Psalm 71, that's David's confession. God, I've sought you from the days of my youth. Even when I'm old and great, he's old, he's writing it as an old man. Now that I'm old and great, God, I've sought you since I was a kid. And we could fill in the blanks because we know 1 Samuel. Since the days where I was killing lions and tigers and bears, oh my, you know, since the day where I had a slingshot and I was killing giants, since the day that I was, but from my youth, oh God, I've sought you. Friends, there are some of you tonight that one of the ways you are going to say, God, I'm going to seek you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go after God is you're gonna be faithful in your junior high and high school years by contending in prayer, by leading your peers. I want you to know there's such delight when your peers, I'm I'm talking the lost, I'm not talking about like the ones that are already kind of half church, half here, whatever you do is sweet, whatever you do, they go, oh, that's great. I'm talking about the ones that are far from God. When they say yes to Jesus, you will break and you'll go, God, you're faithful. You'll go, no way. I'm talking about the ones who are so lost in sexual immorality and they make fun of you and then they have a moment where they see your lifestyle and they say, can I come to your prayer meeting? It will change you. And you'll go, God, you're at work. It is possible. It does happen. There have stories littered at this church for for the last decade of young men and women that have done it. There are stories across our nation of young men and women. I've I've got seven stories coming to my head right now. I'm going to tell none of them because I'm sick of telling you stories. I want us to write history. I want us to have our stories in DSM this year. Now, 
where we see God move, where we're writing history, where we're telling the stories of what took place in 2012 at LP and at TCA and at Palmer and at Palmer Ridge and all the other Palmers, you know, that we, we're going after God now. We're seeking God now and we're going to write history and we're going to see stories take place. So tonight, here's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for 50. I know that's probably a dream, but I'm looking for 50 young men and women that will lead a prayer meeting on your campus at least one a week, at least once, you don't have to do every day, one a week. Or if you're a homeschooler, you'll lead a prayer meeting somewhere, Starbucks, your house, your backyard, your mom's garage, I don't know, wherever. But you will lead, you'll lead a prayer meeting. You'll lead a weekly prayer meeting. It doesn't have to be registered online. It doesn't have to fit on some blog that John makes so that we can measure it. No, I don't care about that. We just want you to lead. We want you to lead. Junior highs, middle schools, high schools. If we get 50 out of, out of this group, we will see the, the, the tremors of revival. We'll see the, the ground heal our land. It'll start to shake. The place where they were meeting was shaken. So here's what I'm asking for. No music, no special Nico going, none of that. I'm talking just awkward, everybody looking, nobody closing their eyes. But you say with me, David, I'm going to go for it. I've got a packet right here for you. It's about a 17-page packet. Stefan and I wrote, mostly Stefan. Oh, maybe it's longer. How long is this? 19 pages. It's a 19-page packet. I wrote one page and Stefan wrote 18. <laughs> but here's what I want to do. This is a packet and this is just a helps packet. And I'm gonna, it's, just, it's just to help you. Might help you, might not. But I've got, we've got 50 packets. And I'm looking for tonight just young men and women that say, I'm going to be a leader. I'm going to lead on my campus. I'm going to start something. Some of you, you've already got something going. You count. You come up here, you take a packet. Some of you, you're already a part of a prayer meeting that's taking place, but you're there every week. You're going for it. Someone else might lead it, but you are there and you're faithful and you're steady. You come up here, you take a packet, but I'm looking for 50. If that's you, go ahead, come on up now. No, no special music, just come on up. I want you to take a packet and stand right here in front of me. I've got good news. We got more than 50. All right. Here's the deal. Those of you, no, no, stay up here. Stay up here. If you didn't get a packet, stay up here. You don't have to sit down because you didn't get the packet. I got two more. One of them's uh, color. Here, you can have that one has red on it. All right, there you go. All right, listen. Here's the deal. All right, guys, listen to me. 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 First of all, I'm so impressed. I'm so proud of you. Keep up the good work. All right, good job. If you didn't get a packet, We'll have more packets next week, all right? We'll put them out there, all right? We'll have packets for you, all right? Actually, maybe we can even put a, like a PDF online or something and we'll tweet it, all right? But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Listen, don't give up. Lead strong. Even when, even when it's you, the Holy Spirit, and the flagpole, and that's it. Stay strong. Don't give up. Be steady. We're proud of you. We love you. We're with you. I'd like to invite all of the assembly. Will you stretch out your hands to these guys and let's just pray over them. 
Father, in the powerful name of Jesus, we thank you for these leaders. We thank you for the way that you're going to use them. We pray, Lord, God, I pray that they would be revivalists in their middle schools, junior highs and high schools, and God, I prayed over the next 50 years. God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that they would write songs, write books, be preachers, be heralders. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would use them to be revivalists in our nation. God, we love you. We thank you for what you're gonna do. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to invite Nico to come on up. Now's the precious, pretty music. I wanna invite, let's give these guys a hand. Come on, that's good, that's good. I just, I just want us to close just praying for a, a, a move of God in our city. So if you would, would you guys just, just kneel right here? And I want to invite all of you guys. Just get on your knees. You can come. Let's just fill, fill the uh, aisles. You can kneel. You can kneel at your uh, seat. But let's just all bow before God. And let's just close this night in a place of prayer. Jesus, I don't want to read about revival. I want to see it. I want to watch it. I want to encounter it through my peers and my friends. I thank you for every young man and young woman, Lord God, that's here tonight. I thank you for those of them that said yes to follow you. I thank you for the ones that are here tonight that are just checking this place out. Thank you for those that worshiped. I thank you for those who are far from God, but they've got a foot in the door tonight. They're intrigued by the devotion, the pursuit of God. I thank you for the the fact that you're at work in their lives. God, I thank you for these leaders. And God, we pray for revival tonight. Holy Spirit, I ask that over the years to come, you would be at work in ways that we could only say, that was all God. There is no way that some high school student could do that. Only God could do that. Only God could do that at Liberty. Only God could do that at Rampart. Jesus, I thank you for what you're gonna do. And in faith together tonight, we commit to stay the course, to be steady, seek you. God, we love you. God, we want you. Mark us. God, raise up young revivalists. Thank you for their love for you. Thank you for the way that they seek you. Thank you for, thank you for teenagers saying, let's pray all day on Saturday together. God, thank you for your work at our midst. God, thank you for all the prayer meetings that are happening. God, we just say we want you. God, we pray, Lord Jesus, that you would help us to impact our nation our generation. We covenant to follow you. We will not follow you when it's easy only. We will follow you every day of our lives, no matter what happens. When people are patting us on the back and telling us we're cool, and when people are telling us we're crazy, we will follow you. We love you, Jesus. We commit to being disciples of Jesus Christ. And all of DSM said amen. And over time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. 
I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life.